0: Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, one of the things that I do as a pastor is... I'm often
1: called to go into a prison or a jail to visit someone. And I'll be honest with you, some things I've noticed about prison or jail, some of you maybe have experienced that, is that for those who are in the inside, they're totally helpless. They're totally in despair. Their situation is beyond their control. I mean, yeah, you could say, well, they got themselves in there. Yes, that's true. But once they're in there, uh, life is dictated for them. And so they go through a whole range of emotions while they're in there. Anger is one of them, despair. And the reality is is that they're just waiting for someone to let them out. That's what prison is. What we have noticed as elders in our church is, is that as we are interacting with people in our lives, that we have a lot of folks right here in our church, in our congregation, right there among you, sitting among you, who are in a prison. It may not be a physical stone building with iron bars, but the reality is it's just as real. And the prison that we have recognized that a lot of us are facing here within our own congregation, in your own lives, is the prison of unforgiveness. Because a lot of you right now are in a circumstance where something has happened to you in the past, or some things have happened to you, or some bodies have hurt you, and you're, you bear the burden and the shame and the guilt and the hurt of that, and you're inside a cage. You're inside a prison, and it's locked, and you can't get out. And all of the emotions of the prison, the anger, the despair, are there. And it feels so real to you. And what makes it even worse is others... Don't see it. Others don't acknowledge it. Oh, they remember when something happened to you. But they've gone on. They've moved on with life. But here you are. You're, you're inside your cage. You're inside this prison of unforgiveness. And you really don't know what to do about it. Oh, you've got this guy telling you to do this. And this guy telling you to do that. And, and, and the most biggest one that everybody's told to do is a big lie. And let me just go ahead and tell you, it's a lie right off the top. That you just need to forgive and forget. How many of you have heard that one? I want you to write this down on your bulletin. It is a lie to say that you must forget when you forgive. It's a lie. You know, we make a big joke about elephants always remember. We've got better brains than elephants. And we remember a whole lot more. And when you're in the cage of unforgiveness, the prison of unforgiveness, let me just be honest with you. You're not forgetting. You're there. And so what we're going to do is is we're going to, over the next five weeks, starting today, four more weeks after this, we're going to address this whole issue of forgiveness. The whole issue of getting out of the cage, of leaving the cage, of getting out of there. And today we're specifically going to focus on who in the world has the key to open the door to let me out. Because I'll be honest with you, some of the most terrible thing that can happen to us, because I've been there, is when we're in the cage and we're desperately looking for something to open the door to let us out. And the desperate thing happens is, is that when we're in there and we can't find somebody to unlock it, we got to be in there so we try to cope with it. And so we have all these coping mechanisms that we try to deal with. Some of them are food Some of them are drugs, some of them are alcohol, some are sex or power, whatever it is, trying to cope with the issues of what someone has done to us and getting us to live with being in the cage. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about the key to your prison. And you're going to do it from the life of Joseph. Everybody remember Joseph from the Bible? Remember Joseph? If you remember from Sunday school, if you were a child, Joseph was given, what, a coat of many colors by his What? By his father. And, and, and the reality is, when you read the scripture, yeah, he was given a coat of many colors, but the reality is his daddy spoiled him. And when he got spoiled, there were, I think, ten other brothers at that time. And he's the favored one. I mean, how are they feeling about Joseph? They're not doing too good about Joseph. They're they're resenting Joseph. And so what you know from this story is, is that they're off out taking care of the sheep, and Daddy sends Joseph to go check on the boys to see how they're doing. So he goes out there, and what do they do? They treat him roughly, throw him into a well, sell him into slavery, and the rest is history, isn't it? So we're going to talk about Joseph today. So what we're going to do today is we're going to look at a couple of things. Number one, we're going to look at what the whole dynamic of this prison is. We're going to look at the prison of unforgiveness. There are several things that you need to be aware of about this prison. If we're going to find a key to get out of here, you need to understand what this prison is. So we're going to look at the prison of unforgiveness. And then we're going to look at the whole issue of what the key to that prison is. We're going to look and see what really is the key. We're going to see a couple things that are not the key. But then we're going to see what the key is. So I want you to notice with me. First of all, I want you to notice a couple things here. First of all, if we understand what this prison is, it involves a deep offense. It involves a deep offense. In Joseph's life, he had to deal with the treachery of his brothers. He had to deal with being sold into slavery. And it just didn't end there. When he was in slavery, he had to deal with the fact of Potiphar's wife accusing him of rape. Then he ends up in a dungeon. He's got to deal with separation from his family. He's got to deal with the fact of being forgotten. The affliction is so real in his life. He lives with it every day. Think about it, when you're a slave, and you realize you wake up in the morning, you're not back home in Daddy's house, you're somewhere where you don't want to be, and you've got to remember that the reason why you're there, the reason why you're going through what you're going through, is because somebody hurts you big time. It involves a deep offense. We can relate, can't we? We can relate a lot to what's going on in Joseph's life because you woke up this morning and it was right there staring at you. You thought you might be able to wake up in the morning and it would be gone, but it's not. Something reminds you, a song or a name or or something constantly is reminding you of the deep hurt that has happened in your life. And so some of you here, you've gone through a deep pain because somebody has hurt you. The fact is that some of you here have had many hurts. Many pains. Many individuals who have done you wrong. Many. So it involves a deep deep offense. I want you to notice it would be chapter 41. Let's look at a couple of verses here. Look at verse 46 and 47. Again, we're looking at Joseph's life here. I want you to notice something about him which will bring up the next point here. Joseph kind of alludes to this whole burden that he's carrying here, this offense that's happened. If you look with me at verse 46, now Joseph, when he was 30 years old, when he stood before Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went through all the land of Egypt, and there were seven plentiful years. Okay, so he's talking about the burden. Look at verse 50. And to Joseph were born two sons who came before the years of the famine came when Ethna, the daughter of Potipharah, of the priests of On, bore to him. And Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manassas. Here's what it means. For God has made me forget all my toil and my father's house. And the name of the second was called Ephraim. For God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Here's what I want you to see the other thing about this prison. It bears the burden of the offense. It isn't just that you've gone through it, that there's been pain in your life, you now carry the pain. So here's Joseph, in his life, he's actually now elevated to be the second guy in all of Egypt, things are going a little bit better, and he marries this gal, he has two girls, and it's interesting that the names he gives them reflect the pain that he's carrying. The first one, it says, that he would help me to forget what? My father's house. What's he got to remember there? Ten brothers who betrayed him. Ten brothers who sold him into slavery. Ten brothers who caused the agony in his life. See, here's the thing. You know, here's the reality of of being hurt by someone. It just doesn't end with the offense, does it? Because now you've got to carry what it is they've done with you from that point on. And stuff constantly reminds you of it. You know what I'm saying? You carry the burden of what's happened to you. You've got to carry the hurt. And it's constantly there reminding you, reminding you, reminding you. And I'll be honest with you, I'll tell you what really hurts even more when you carry the burden is when the person who hurts you doesn't even acknowledge that they've hurt you. They're acting like everything's okay. They're acting like nothing's happened at all. And you're in a function with them, and they're normal, and you're sitting there seething on the inside saying, you hurt me! And they're not doing anything. They don't care. See, the prison is not just the offense that happened to you. The prison is bearing the burden of it. Because nobody else is bearing it but you. You can relate to me, can't you? Nobody else is bearing it but you. That's that's the second thing I want you to see. Here's the third thing. Look with me. Turn over to chapter forty two now. We're going to look at a few verses here, six through fourteen. Here's what else is another aspect of this prison that we're in. It has to do with the person who hurt you. I want you to notice with me, as fate would have it, Joseph sees his brothers again. So I want you to notice with me verse 6. Now Joseph was governor over the land, and it was he who sold all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the earth. And Joseph saw his brothers and recognized, but he acted as as a stranger to them and spoke roughly to them. Then they said to him, where do you come from? And they said, from the land of Canaan to buy food. And Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. And Joseph remembered the dreams he had dreamed about them. And he said to them, you are spies. You have come to see the nakedness of the land. And they said to him, No, my lord, but your servants have come to buy food. We are all one man's sons. We are honest men. Your servants are not spies. But he said to them, No, but you have come to see the nakedness of the land. And they said to him, Your servants are twelve brothers, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. In fact, the youngest is with our father today, and one is no more. But Joseph said to them, It is as I spoke to you, saying, You are spies. Here's what's going on here. It seeks to humble the offender. One of the things, aspects of this whole thing here is is that when you have been hurt by someone and you're carrying the burden of it, is that when that person comes in contact with you that hurts you, you want to humble them. You want them to feel the pain that you're feeling. You want them to get a taste of the hurt that you've gone through. You want them to experience all of that pain and anguish that you're carrying. You want them to be restless at night. You want them to struggle. That's the aspect of what's going on here. Joseph is treating, I mean, he recognized them immediately. These are my bros. These are the guys who sold me into slavery. And he immediately treats them roughly. And he doesn't say, hey, it's me, guys, and everything's okay. No, 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 no. There's some emotion going on there in his life. And here's what happens. Isn't that what we do? We want to make the people who hurt us what? Pay. That's just natural. We want them to pay for what they've done to us. We want them to pay. Now, here's the other aspect of it. There's another component here I want you to see. Look look with me now, verse 15 through 17. In the same manner you shall be tested... By the life of Pharaoh, you shall not leave this place until your youngest brother comes here. Send one of you, let him seek, bring his brother, and you shall be kept in prison, that your words may be tested to see that there is any truth in you, or else, by the life of Pharaoh, surely you are spies. Here's what else it does. This prison seeks to test the genuineness of the offender. Here's what happens. Because a lot of times this will happen. Somebody will hurt you, and, and they'll, they'll, it's almost natural. It's almost a reaction. They'll say, Well, I'm sorry. And here's the one that really irks you is when they say, Well, if I've hurt you, I'm sorry. What's the if part? You're dead. You did. Do you know what I'm saying? The if part leaves, it's kind of like the, the escape hatch for them. They're not taking any responsibility there. But, I mean, so they'll say to you, they're sorry. But when you're in the cage, you're wrestling. It's like, I gotta get out of here. And this guy's saying, oh, I'm sorry. And he goes on with life and everything's wonderful in his life. But in your life, it's chaos. In your life, you're carrying the burden. In your life, you want to pay back. And, and the reality is, is here's what you're doing. You're going to test to see, is this guy for real or not? Is this gal for real or not? Are they truly genuine about their confession? That's all part of the prison. It's all part of the prison about are they real or not. It's marked by a genuineness, trying to test the genuineness of the offender. And here's one other aspect before we get to what the keys are. There's one other final component of this prison. Look with me now. Couple things here I want you to see. First of all, look at verse 24 of chapter 22. And he turned himself away from them and wept. He wept. Look now, verse 30 of chapter 43. Now his heart yearned for his brother, so Joseph made haste and sought somewhere to weep, and he went into his chamber and wept there. Now look with me at verse 1 of chapter 45. And Joseph could not restrain himself before those who stood by. And he cried out, make everyone get away from me. And no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. Here's what I want you to see. The final aspect of this prison is this. It is marked by an emotional burden. See, the issue isn't just carrying the offense of what happened to you. The issue is is that you are now carrying an emotional baggage, the emotional burden of all that's happened and everything since then as you try to deal with it. And it's ripping your heart's out. And here's the thing, you know you're there, you're inside the prison, you can't find your way out. Nobody seems to have the key. You can't figure out what the key is. So some of us here, this is reality. So you try to deal with it. You try to deal with the emotional burden in your life. And so you find yourself doing things to deaden the pain. You're trying to find something to bring a new normal in your life. So you maybe try drugs. You maybe try alcohol. Alcohol maybe it's sex, or it's food, or it's work, or it's some hobby. And all of it's because you're carrying the burden, the emotional burden of everything that's happened to you. That's the prison. That's the prison. It's real, isn't it? Let's look at what the key is. The key to your prison. The first one, the first thing it is not is this. Vengeance is not the key. Remember that emotion? You want to test the genuineness of them. You want them to pay. You want them to feel the anguish and the hurt that you have gone through. And so your natural reaction is, is you hurt me, I'm going to pay you back. You've heard the saying, I don't get mad, I get even. Well, that's not the key. Because the fact of the matter is, is that you can pay them back. You can not hurt them back. You can do all of it, but I'm going to be honest with you, you're still going to be in here. It isn't letting you out of the cage. You're not getting out of there by getting making them pay. Oh yeah, it might feel good for the moment, but I'm going to be honest with you, it's only for the moment. And even then it's not satisfying. And then you wake up the next day and you realize you're still locked inside. You're still inside. But you made a pay But it didn't get you out of there. Vengeance is not the key. Here's the other one that's not the key. The offender does not have the key. See, that's what some of us are waiting for. Some of us are waiting for the person who heard us to come over with, quote, the key and unlock the door and let us out when he says or she says, I'm sorry. But here's the problem. For some of you, that person's dead. And they're never going to come and unlock the door. Can I be honest with you? They don't have the key. Folks, the person who hurt you, the person who put you through the stuff that you went through, doesn't have the key to get you out of the cage. Oh, you want them to? They don't have it, they don't have the key. We say, who has the key there? You have it. You hold the key. You're the one who holds the key. You're the one who can release yourself from the prison. You say, what do you mean I have it? Well, if I know known i had it, I would have let myself out of there long ago. You don't understand. It's a lot more difficult than you think. Because the key... To get you out of that prison, to unlock the door to let you out of there is something that a lot of us don't want to do. It's called forgiveness. Well, you know, I can't do that. George, you, you don't understand what he did to me or what she did to me. You don't understand the pain and the grief and the burden I've been bearing in my life because of all that's happening. You just want me to, 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 to forgive and... Here's another one. Forget I already told you that's a lie, didn't I? That's not what forgiveness is. In fact, let me, there's several things that forgiveness is not. Let me just kind of list them out here for you. First of all, forgiveness is not forgetting. Deep hurts can rarely be wiped out by one's awareness. You can't just wipe out those and just act like nothing's happened. Here's what forgiveness is not. It's not reconciliation. Reconciliation takes two people, but the injured party can com- can forgive the offended party without reconciliation. Nobody's saying that you need to go to the Steeler game with them. Here's what it's not. It's not condoning. That's one of the things. You know, if I forgive, then I'm condoning what he did for me, what he did to me, or what she did to me. It's not condoning. Forgiveness does not necessarily excuse bad or hurtful behavior. You're not excusing it. Here's what else it is. It's not dismissing Forgiveness involves taking the offense seriously and not passing it off as inconsequential or insignificant. It was real what happened to you. It was wrong. Forgiveness is not taking any of that away. Here's the other thing. It's not pardoning. Forgiveness is not pardoning. A pardon is a legal transaction that releases the offender from the consequences of the action, such as the penalty. You're not releasing them from anything that they've done. You're releasing yourself. Forgiveness is a personal transaction that releases the one who was offended from the offense and places them, the offender, in the hands of God. That's what it is. It's releasing you from the prison and giving the offense and the one who hurt you and putting them in the hands of God knowing that He's going to make things right. That's what forgiveness is. That's what it is. Now, you say, How can I do it? Because it's difficult. I mean, you're just saying, Okay, that's all fine, George, but it's hard. Turn with me over to Colossians, chapter 3. In the New Testament, verse 13. Here's what the Apostle Paul writes. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, you also must do. Here's what the issue is. The reason why you have the key is because God gave it to you. And the reason why He gave it to you is because His Son Jesus died for you on a cross shed His blood that you might be forgiven. And so because you are forgiven through Him, you have the key through His blood, through His sacrifice, you have a key to take the chain and open it up and release yourself from the prison. It's because of Jesus. He's got the key. You just need to take it and forgive and put the one who hurt you in the hands of God let God deal with them but you walk away from the prison he's got the key you hold the key that he's given you to forgiveness he forgave you once and he tells you now to forgive Is it okay, George? How do we apply this to my life? Well here a couple things. You gotta ask yourself a question. Are you imprisoned to unforgiveness? Don't let that one fly by. Think about it for a moment. Are you inside this cage because of someone else? Are you carrying a burden of something that happened to you? I mean, it may have happened to you 20 years ago. It may have happened last week. But when you think about the person who hurt you, you think about I want them to pay or I want them to be real. I want them to let me out of the cage. Are you in prison in the the cage of unforgiveness, the prison of unforgiveness? Are you there? See, that's the first step. For some of you, we see it. We interact in your lives. We see the unforgiveness. Why do you think we're doing this series? Just because you're there. Do you see that you're there? Here's the other thing recognize that you hold the key. They're not going to let you out, they may not even recognize that you're even there. Some of you here, you're hurt by maybe a spouse or an ex spouse, you're hurt by a parent, maybe you're hurt by a child, maybe you're hurt by a teacher or a pastor or some somebody in your life, you're hurt by a worker, you're hurt by somebody, even maybe a friend. And you're waiting for them to unlock the door, but my friends, you hold the key to step out of the cage. You need to forgive.